This is the Troll Patrol, live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol, live. It's a freaking Monday. And yes, we are barking in Christmas time around here. <laughs> I uh, I had to grind up some pot as we were coming on, because not only am I not high enough for this shit, I'm not even like high at all. I don't even know what I've been doing. I finished putting together notes for the show. I'm like, I got 30 minutes. I can sit back and smoke a bowl. I don't know where those 30 minutes went. I have no concept of time, though. Sparkles will tell you that. <laughs> oh, shit. What we got What we got to talk about tonight? All right, all right. I can't wait to explain this one to you. Perhaps you have seen Nancy Reagan... All right, I gotta go get a kitty. Got handy. Looks like you're gonna get a a socks and a smoky right here. He's your Mister Socrates. Got his toe beans. very upset it's apparently warlord knows what I'm referencing it involves Ben Shapiro's sister Madonna and Nancy Reagan giving blowjobs <laughs> oh fuck okay okay a bishop in, in in Italy from the Vatican. I, I guess it's from the Vatican. <laughs> a bishop told children Santa Claus isn't real. The suit is a marketing ploy by Coca-Cola. <laughs> Dan Crenshaw thinks that the woke are going to cancel Christmas this year. Oh shit, I don't even I don't even have it up on the, on my thing. I'm going to have to put Crenshaw in my a bank here. Exact Catholic Church speaking the truth, but apparently the pope <laughs> took issue with what the bishop said. So, and Dan Crenshaw is on the side of the pope apparently. <laughs> I'm going to start doing this. I think I'm going to do like meme of the day for when I flip over to this screen. Nancy Reagan chugging every cock she encountered. (laughs) We're going to hear from the ladies on The View about Chris Wallace leaving Fox News. The God of Muff. Now, as an Australian, do you know what moth is slang for, sir? <laughs> because because here in the United States, muff actually means something. Apparently, it does in in, in the UK as well. Oh, shit. 
Oh, oh, fucking Time Magazine named their person of the year. Does anybody in the chat not know who it is? If you know who it is, don't, 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 don't say anything. We'll reveal it at the end of the show. And if you know who it is, you know I'm going to go on a fucking rant. Oh, musky boy! <laughs> Look, let me, let me take a hit of this. Everybody rips, rips, rips. And when it comes to being influential on Twitter, then I, I guess. Remember, uh, Hitler was Time's Person of the Year as well. It's just about who is most influential. It's not necessarily a good Person of the Year, but apparently there is a PR piece, a video of them interviewing Elon about being Person of the Year. We're going to talk about the Doomsday Glacier. Apparently, it has a gigantic crack in it and uh, could fall within the next five years. That glacier cracking and falling into the ocean in five years will cause sea levels to rise feet at one time. That's why they call it the Doomsday Glacier. We're going to be talking about the... horrendous catastrophe that struck Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas, the, I think it was like 40 tornadoes that hit on Friday night. We're going to hear from a survivor of the candle factory in Kentucky. We're going to talk about a worker who was killed in the Amazon factory in Illinois Oh, that fucking tent. Apparently, he got plenty of money to repair his fucking tent. And they put up, uh, apparently, they put up a stage for them to have church on Sunday morning because that was the most important thing after a deadly tornado. But both the Candle Factory and the Amazon Factory are raising questions about why there were even people in there. During a storm. Praise God, he says. Praise God, Steve Donzinger is not in prison anymore. He has been released. He is going to serve the remainder of his six months under house arrest. We're going to read about that. Derek Chauvin. The man convicted of killing George Floyd apparently will plead guilty will plead guilty to violating Chauvin's civil rights in federal court. Gymnasts have reached a settlement in the Larry Nasser case. The Biden administration has announced they will not be taking any action on student loans, whether it to be uh, providing relief temporarily during the pandemic or doing student loan forgiveness. No, come January... You're going to be on the hook for paying that money back. And apparently, the husband of a member of the Biden administration is saying, uh-uh, I ain't paying this. And when you've lost a Buttigieg, 
You've lost the country. Starting off first tonight, though, shitty fucking news coming to us from the UK where they are reporting uh, their first confirmed death from the Omicron variant. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is warning about the coming wave of infections. I need to speak to you this evening because I'm afraid we're now facing an emergency in our battle with the new variant, Omicron. And we must urgently reinforce our wall of vaccine protection to keep our friends and loved ones safe. Earlier today, the UK's four chief... Yeah, Warlord loves it when the UK gets featured on the Troll Patrol. It's second highest level. Because of the evidence that Omicron is doubling here in the UK every two to three days. And we know from bitter experience how these exponentials... Every two to three days. Yeah, we're getting preliminary data on the Omicron variant now, and it does not look good. It looks like the symptoms are on par with the Delta variant, but it is much, much more contagious. Exponential curves develop. No one should be in any doubt. There is a tidal wave of Omicron coming, and I'm afraid it is now clear that two doses of vaccine are simply not enough to give the level of protection we all need. But the good news is that our scientists are confident that with a third dose, a a booster dose, we can all bring our level of protection back up. I know there will be some people watching who will be asking whether Omicron is less severe than previous variants. I saw the data on boosters. It's like... The efficacy wanes through the six months. Once you get the booster, it goes way up from where it will. Like, we're talking like 99% protection once you've gotten a booster. Like, the numbers just shoot through the fucking roof. So, yeah, the do get a booster if you are qualified. I... I've talked about it, about the whole, you know, we need to vaccinate the rest of the fucking world. But if it is available to you, do go get a booster because we're just going to waste them here in the U.S. Variants and whether we really need to go out and get that booster. And the answer is yes, we do. Do not make the mistake of thinking Omicron can't hurt you, can't make you and your loved ones seriously ill. We've already seen hospitalizations doubling in a week in South Africa, and we have patients with Omicron in hospital. Remember, 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 we didn't know the name of this motherfucker at Thanksgiving. We didn't know the name of the variant at Thanksgiving. That was just two and a half weeks ago. Right now. A fortnight ago, I said we would offer every eligible adult a booster by the end of January. Today, in light of this Omicron emergency, I'm bringing that target forward by a whole month. Everyone eligible aged 18 and over in England will have the chance to get their booster before the new year. Before the new year. I wasn't wasn't expecting the video to end that fast. I was still recovering from taking a hit of marijuana. 
So first, Omicron death in the UK, probably signaling the coming wave here in the US, where we have already surpassed 800,000, as Dip alluded to in the chat. Very much a conservative estimate. I do not doubt, do not doubt that it is well over a million. I wouldn't doubt that it's double. I wouldn't doubt that we're we're at a million and a half right now deaths. Based on, excess, you can go and look at excess deaths in a year, and it was over a million last year. So I, we have definitely been undercounting this. News this morning in our fight against COVID-19. NBC News has confirmed over 800,000 COVID-related deaths have been reported in the U.S. since the start of the pandemic. This new tally comes as the country races to learn more information about the Omicron variant. At least 25 states are reporting Omicron cases, a number that has quickly increased since the variant was first detected nearly three weeks ago. And we're still battling Delta, the dominant variant here in the U.S., and it's putting a strain on hospitals that are already struggling to keep ICU beds open. Right now, in total cases, we are at 853,000. And that is up 330 just from a day ago. Open. In Massachusetts, health officials are worried about what's ahead as more doctors say exhaustion is making their job that much harder. Welcome. I bet exhaustion is making their job that much harder. Now, the Supreme Court ruled tonight that they will not be blocking a vaccine mandate in New York. The divided Supreme Court on Monday turned away a pair of religious-based requests to temporarily block New York State's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. The order was unsigned though the court's three most conservative justices indicated they would have ruled for the religious-based objectors. Of course they would have. A group of doctors, nurses, and healthcare personnel sought religious exemptions from the mandate New York enacted this summer in response to rising infection rates and the coronavirus Delta variant. New York's rule includes exemptions from the mandate for certain medical conditions, but provides for no religious exemptions. I don't know what religious exemption you can have to a vaccine. The objectors say, I I know there's those, what, Christian scientists that don't take any medicine whatsoever. Like, they won't even take an aspirin or some shit. Fuck off. There's, there's no religious basis for any of this nonsense. The objectors say taking the vaccine violates their religious beliefs due to the use of abortion-derived fetal cell lines for production or testing. I don't know. They got something going on over here. Fox is in on it too, and Smokey is doing something there, like just beyond our site in the bedroom. I'm not sure what's happening. Maybe some kind of coup plot. They're going to take over the Troll Patrol. I mean, that's like, that's what the homeopathy, homeopathy people believe, right? You know, you get like a fucking 
molecule of lemon juice and it stays in the water for I don't fucking know. You're just idiots. Idiots. That's all it is. Justice Neil Gorsuch, joined by Justice Samuel Alito, wrote separately to dissent from the court's denial. Justice Clarence Thomas indicated he, too, would have granted the request. Apparently, Barrett was on the other side. That was that was not the... I was expecting Gorsuch to be on the side of the mandate. Gorsuch is a very pro-corporate justice. I, would, I thought it was going to be Barrett, and Gorsuch was on the other side. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, they upheld it, kind of. I don't know. Like, this whole... I was pretty confident that the mandates were going to win in court based on precedent, but, like, we've got so many Trump-appointed judges. I don't don't fucking know. It's a crapshoot. Right now, it's in legal limbo, but it seems like the Supreme Court will rule in favor. I don't know. I don't know. California is reinstating its indoor mask mandates in light of the Omicron variant. California Health and Human Services Secretary Mark Gailey said Monday that the state will reinstate a mask mandate in all indoor public spaces starting on Wednesday. The move comes amid rising concern about the Omicron variant, which has led to an uptick in cases in recent weeks. The rate of infections in California has increased 47% since Thanksgiving. The mandate will be in place for one month. Some counties already enforce their own indoor mask mandates, according to the Los Angeles Times. I. It should be across the board. It should be across the board. There should be like some counties doing this, some counties doing that. But I mean, it does give us a control group. Like, the motherfucker that came in here yesterday was like, masks don't work. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We can compare the data from school districts which had mask mandates against data from districts where they didn't have a mask mandate and see that masks work. You can compare counties in the same state that had mandates versus counties that didn't have mandates and see that masks fucking work. People wear masks can still spread it. Yes, you motherfucker. We're talking about percentages. It's like it's like armor in a video game. It it reduces the damage you take. It reduces your ability to intake a virus. But you can't reason with these people because right wingers are fucking morons. Even got one on my fo- I'm wearing a mask on my fucking forehead. Quorum. That's hilarious. All right. Let's head to the Senate floor. This is Senate Majority Leader Chucky Schumer. Am I going to be able to make it through all five minutes of this? Goddamn. He's going to tell us about the debt ceiling vote that's going to take place tomorrow in the Senate. And he's going to give us the timeline for passing Biden's budget bill, the Build Back Better Act. Madam President, today the prayers of the Senate 
extend to all of those impacted by the deadly tornadoes that broke out across the South and Midwest over the weekend. Hey, don't give them prayers. Give them fucking money. Hey, you can do that. You know that, right? Give them fucking aid. ...has yet to be determined. Over the weekend, President Biden declared a state of emergency in Kentucky, authorizing FEMA to coordinate... And that's a, that's a whole nother can of worms, the whole Thomas Massey, the gun-toting family, uh, the congressman from Kentucky, very hardcore libertarian, bitches about funds going to other states for disaster, begging for money to go to Kentucky, Rand Paul, the same exact fucking thing. Bitches anytime they want to send disaster relief to like fucking Puerto Rico or Florida. Totally got his hands out today wanting money for Kentucky. Relief and provide emergency assistance. He also announced he'll travel this week to Kentucky to assess the damage and receive briefings of recovery efforts. It's likely that the storms from this weekend will go down as some of the worst tornado outbreaks on record. And with heavy hearts, we'll continue to monitor rescue and first response efforts in the coming days. Now, in another some of the worst on record, and it's not even fucking tornado season. We approach the end of the year. Of co- over the course of the week, we expect to hold a number of votes to confirm more of President Biden's nominees to serve lifetime appointments to the federal bench. On that front. Well, there are already people that voted against the bipartisan infrastructure bill and are touting the money that they got for their district. I shit you not. These people, I wish they could feel fucking shame. Later vote this afternoon on the confirmation of Judge Lucy Coe to serve as a circuit judge for the 9th District of the Court of Appeals. Her nomination was favorably reported out of the committee by... Oh, and the... uh, the, Oh, Update on the woman that we watched the other day that um, Senator, was it Kennedy? It was Kennedy uh, accusing her of being a communist. She was from Russia. Fuck, I forget her name now. And as we were listening to her talk, like we were all like, oh, shit, she's better than I thought she would be. Unfortunately, she has uh, had her nomination torpedoed for being quote-unquote a Marxist or a communist Whatever the fuck the Republicans said about her. I I like I think the post was like an assistant director's post or something. Like it wasn't even the head of the agency. Fuck off, right wingers. Speaking of Biden nominees, Chucky Schumer. Confirmed, Judge Coe would be the first ever Korean American woman to sit on any circuit court in the country. The daughter of immigrants, her background is an inspiring testament to the American dream. Lucy's mom escaped as a child on foot from the oppression of North Korea, eventually coming to the States. Lucy spent the majority of her own of her own upbringing in rural Mississippi. Graduate. I'm I'm happy for Lucy. I think Lucy is tremendous. Sure, Chuck. That is not why we're watching. This is this is why people fucking hate Democrats. She's authored over three thousand opinions, presided in two hundred seventy cases. Everything from the rights of criminal and de- defendants in seeking legal rep- representation to the protection of online consumer data in the hands of companies to ensuring that the Trump administration. Did not prematurely. But hey, this five-minute soundbite about the Build Back Better Act, I'm sure, is gonna gonna all of those things illuminate exactly what they're they're planning to do. 
over the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> she has conducted herself with impartiality, excellence, and above all, with fidelity to the Constitution and the rule of law. I have no doubt we will, she will continue building on her excellent judicial rep- record as an appellate judge on the Ninth Circuit, and I look forward to voting in favor of her confirmation. We have serious fucking issues in this country. From the attempted coup that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, with apparently Meadows thinking that the National Guard was going to be on the side of the Trump supporters, and this PowerPoint that was circulated, protecting voting rights, the pandemic still raging, possibly getting ready to enter the deadliest phase of the pandemic. And this motherfucker is just going on and on about, like, the identity. Like, this is what they talk about when they say identity politics. I don't think identity politics is actually uh, a thing, at least in the way the, the right uses it. But this, this, this is like, oh, let's praise her for being an immigrant and having this diverse background. Look how good we are. To distract from the fact that we're not taking care of these massive fucking problems we face. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you hear more about her high fidelity. Nation to later today, and later this week we'll hold votes on other nominees as well, including Samantha Elliott to serve as judge for the District of New Hampshire, and Jennifer Sung to serve as circuit judge for the Ninth Circuit. Once we confirm all three judges, Coe, Elliott, and Sung, the Senate will have confirmed a total of 31 judges to the federal bench, 11 to the circuit courts, 20 to the district courts. I'm proud to say, Madam President, over half of them are women. Over half of them are people of color. Good goddamn, let me go read you the number that that was for the Trump administration when he came in, in his first year in office. All of them are outstanding, highly qualified. And they bring sorely needed diversity to the bench. Not just personal diversity, but professional diversity as well. Decades past, it would have been hard imagining many of these nominees getting a serious look in this chamber. But one by one, Senate Democrats are working with President... Because this is what he thinks his supporters... He thinks he's throwing red meat to the base. Now on other Senate business and build back better. In addition to making progress on nominees... That's what we came for. That's what we... We are four minutes into a five-minute and 40-second clip. Update us on the cornerstone piece of legislation of the Biden first term, sir. Nominees, the Senate's been doing the hard work of putting ourselves in position to finish our other high-level priorities for the rest of the year. Last week, we advanced bipartisan legislation that will enable this chamber to address the debt ceiling on a fast-track basis. For the information of all, the Senate will act tomorrow to prevent default. The Senate will act tomorrow to prevent default. The Senate could also begin processing the annual defense authorization bill, negotiated on a bipartisan, bicameral... And still, still with the debt ceiling. It's what, the 16th is when we actually default? Coming in real close, aren't you, Chucky? ...basis as early as tomorrow. 
Between now and the end of the year, members should also expect we'll hold votes to confirm even more of the President's nominees. And on a parallel track, the Senate's moving forward on the reconciliation process. And honestly, they shouldn't be working on any major legislation right now. They should just be shoving nominees through. They should have passed the Build Back Better Act back in August. They should have done fucking voting rights by now. And then this time period should have just been about confirming judges. Vote on President Biden's Build Back Better Act before the Christmas holiday. Committees that receive. I doubt that's going to happen. I'm calling it now. Final text to the parliamentarian. The congress. We're we're going to be here, Troll Patrol Live. It's going to be like the middle of the night on like January the fucking like 18th or something. We're going to be watching. I'm going to be like, yep. Yeah, now we're finally going to pass the bill if it even gets passed. If it even gets. Past because you will have your doubts after we hear from Senator Joe Manchin. National Budget Office and to our Republican counterparts. Throughout the week, both Republicans and Democrats will hold bipartisan birdbath meetings with the parliamentarian. Meanwhile, I will... Bipartisan birdbath meetings. I don't know what that is. I can guess it seems a little weird to me. Bipartisan bird bath meetings. I will also continue to meet with my colleagues, and I know the president will also continue discussions with them as we hammer out the final details of Build Back Better. <laughs> this remains a laborious process requiring a lot of precision and a lot of pieces moving together. I want to thank my colleagues and their staff, and especially the parliamentarian and her team, for their dedication and focus as we approach a vote on the floor. They fucking love that parliamentarian. Finished, but we're working hard to put the Senate in a position to get the legislation across the finish line before Christmas. I yield the floor. Now, let's hear from the man who actually decides if you're going to pass this legislation by Christmas. Here is Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Since we last, since we last saw you, that inflation report came out mm-hmm. saying the U.S. hit a 39-year high in inflation. Does that tell you that Congress should wait until next year to do the Build Back Better bill? If- what the fuck kind of loaded question is that? What kind of journalist are you? Well, whatever we're considering doing, or whatever. Let me give you guys some some volume here. And they should do it within the limits of what we can afford, and that means uh, having a tax plan that, that's. Uh, uh, fair and equitable and keeps us competitive but also makes everyone pay especially the wealthy pay their their fair share too see what that spins off and if that's in that one seven range then we should be spending whatever in that range as far as i'm concerned if it's a whatever plan it would be pre-k uh child care and end of uh which in home care uh, then it should be 10 years it shouldn't just be one year here three years here five years there and that would be that would be I think it would be very transparent for the public to see exactly what they'd be getting for what we're spending for 10 years. Wait, 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 wait. See, that was the compromise. Is If they were going to talk about, like, if Manchin wanted to do cutting the bill in half, they weren't going to skimp on the services. They were just going to do them for five years. 
so that the American people would see what it would be like and get a taste of it. No, no, no. Manchin wants to ensure that doesn't happen because it's a lot harder to take back a program once you've given it to the American people, i.e. the Affordable Care Act. Which isn't so uh, affordable anymore, I just found out. But you won't support it if these programs are temporary? No, no we're going to talk. I, we're still talking. I'm just, you know, I'm listening to everybody. But Shifty shit cunt. You asked me about inflation in Israel. It's not transitory. Uh, it's alarming. It's going up, not down. And uh, I think that should be something we're concerned about. Geopolitical fallout, we've talked about that. I'm concerned with close to 100,000 troops on the... Uh, on the Russian-Ukraine border, and also with the uh, continuous flyovers from China, uh, taunting... That has nothing to do with you investing in our infrastructure. We're very much concerned about, so we're very, very careful what we do. And I've always said the unknown right now is very, very great, and I want to make sure we can handle and take care of anything that does come at us. So do you think that some of these unknowns... Is this legislation becoming more imminent for you, or what are your conversations around a possible deadline or the urgency to get this done? Schumer says December 31st, maybe December, that you'd like to see this. Or what he said by Christmas, didn't he? ...for a long time to do something, but I think basically we're seeing things unfold that allows us to prepare better, and that's what we should do. Take advantage of what we're doing in a very litigious way of making sure what we do and how we do it, for what period of time we do it, is something that we can... Uh, maintain, manage. Uh, my grandfather used to say, "Unmanaged debt will make a coward out of the decisions you make." And we're now at 29 trillion, and we'll be pushing on to 30 trillion. And I'm sure that uh, uh, Mr. Powell, uh, with the Feds, uh, they're going to make some decisions pretty soon here. And I'm understanding that he is. Uh, I am all about balancing the budget, raise taxes on rich people, pay down the fucking debt. And invest in the country, Joe Manchin. Inflation is caused by not taxing rich people. If you don't tax rich people and make the money go back through the economy, then the Fed has to print more money in order to keep the economy going and the shell game going. You don't want inflation? Tax rich people. Simple as that. Oh, you're a rich person, aren't you? So you're, you, it is to your benefit to obfuscate this, correct? Oh. Uh, considering things that we've talked about, quantitative easing. Glad we could clear that up. Reduced uh, or eliminated as quickly as possible. And it, the, the quantitative easing does need to be eliminated as quickly as possible. That's something they've been doing since the Obama administration. No, I'm, uh, I don't have messages. I basically go and have conversations whenever the president... Obfuscate. Calls me or wants to visit. We visit and talk genuinely. Uh, I didn't just make it up, I swear. As uh, two people have had the experience of being in the Senate, him much longer than me, understanding this process. And uh, Obfuscate. Extremely respectful and very friendly. Render obscure, unclear, or unintelligible. In conversations with mm-hmm. you, you were stunned, that was his quote, by this modified CBO report that came out. Is that an accurate... Well, I've seen the Penn Wharton report. How did I say it the first time? A lot of different people getting processed. <laughs> what really was a true figure? And we've seen figures pretty high on that. And then when the CBO came back and confirmed that, and yeah, CBO's figure was even a little bit higher, uh, I think it's, it's, it's very sobering. Do you, be, you believe that? Do you believe that number? Have you finalized you your number? Right Have you finalized your plans? Are you going to the White House to meet with the president? I'm going, going sometime today. I believe you know it's either a phone call or I'm going over 
I've heard both, so I'll find out when I go into it. I will own the fact that I fuck up saying words. Whether you want to do this bill now, we're going to talk about exactly what you know what happened on Friday with smoke the mighty weed. I'm so into that. So that sort, and I like to hear theirs first. The president's first, where he's at, and what his concerns may be. Would you believe that CBO number? I mean, the, the White House says that look, this is not offset the spending. But the Republicans say this is the true cost. Do you believe it's the well, true cost, $3 trillion? That CBO is not a Republican or Democrat report. Either CBO is a Congressional Budget Office, and they're, they're, they're nonpartisan. Beat me, do it. And they're going to give it to us the way, the facts, the way we like it or not. And uh, I've been very concerned because I've been seeing all the uh, people. The Penn Wharton is a very, uh, very prestigious. Uh, I was certain that the CBO, like, scored it as, like, what, like 200 billion wasn't covered the rest of everything was was covered by that's a fair value offset by raising taxes but then we're going to have to depend on coming back am I wrong on that so you might as well look at the whole the whole ball of wax if you will and if that cost is four or four and a half trillion and we're Raising one five one seven one eight whatever we're raising in that. Did I I looked at that with you guys from the Wharton School of uh, Business the other day, didn't we? We have to start taking care of our debt. What does pussy lips do? And then if we don't, <laughs> transparent and accurate, uh, then where does the money come? I didn't know that was a command. If it's not a command, somebody make it a command. Funding or do we just uh, throw caution to the wind and have debt financing? which has been done by both parties for far too long. What are, what are we Long-born talking about with some of your progressive colleagues in terms of things like universal pre-K, child tax credit? Because Jayapal has said, though, that those are not red lines for them. It wasn't initially in their core I'm priority as Pramila Jayapal. So are, are you guys looking at Jayapal should be the Speaker of the House. Everyone has to choose basically what we can sustain, and that's a 10-year program, okay? And, uh, you know, families... We're speaking you guys know you got to make those commands make like you can't just like West Virginia and exclamation point any fucking word you want at the, at the food stores at the, <laughs> at the pumps now winter's coming on and that's going to take another toll on them Pussy flaps. I'm very much concerned they're worried uh, but you know I, uh, when you think about where families are they make decisions you know businesses small What the fuck do you know about fucking are what they can afford to do in a timely all of you my family's nothing like your family sir your daughter fucking rigs the we got prices of drugs decisions and move from there so and causes children to die our families are not alike exactly where I've been from day one have not changed and still looking for a responsible way forward if they expand it the child tracks that go through the child tracks we're talking about that too. We're meeting and talking about everything. The rules. How do we make the Senate work better? How can the Senate function? Get y'all tell you how to make the Senate work better. Get rid of Joe fucking Mansion. Way we should be treating each other and not strictly down. Hard. Just the the problem is is like because you have a deal. Who the fuck else are you going to get from West Virginia? I like to think we all belong to the American Party and we're here for a purpose and reason to unite our country, keep our country strong. <laughs> you placed orders. Right now we're <laughs> To sit here and watch it happen. So he ain't gonna tell you that, or be because he's one of those. The rules that makes this place work in a more effective and efficient. And now, who's more boring than 
Chucky Schumer and Joe Manchin that I could play you guys a clip of talk about the Build Back Better Act and the Biden agenda. That's right. Former Vice President Mike Pence gave a fucking talk. Uh, Where the fuck were you at, you asshole? It was a Save Our Paychecks rally in New Hampshire. Oh, this was from last week, apparently. When the, when the former vice president speaks, it doesn't make news for about a week. <laughs> Here is Mike Pence talking about the Build Back Better Act. During a presentation that really calls into high relief the choice that we face as Americans. You want to talk about a stirring presentation, we're going to talk about that PowerPoint that was circulated between your minions leading up to January 6th here in a little bit. I'm here today really for two reasons. Number one, I'm here to stand up for the American worker, to stand up for American families, to stand up for American businesses. And number two, I'm here to stand up to the Biden big government socialist agenda that will derail the future of our families and our businesses and our workers. We came here today to deliver a very clear message to the Granite State, to the live free or die state. Very clear message to President Biden and the Democrats in Congress. Keep your hands off the American... Kind of weird... Kind of weird, like, you know, for you to talk about live free or die when literally there were people chanting hang Mike Pence trying to take away our freedom, you piece of shit. American people's paychecks, we want our freedom and a boundless American future. Mike Pence wants a paycheck. He was broke. During our four years of the Trump-Pence administration, we showed what it takes to get this free market economy rolling under the leadership of President Donald Trump. We cut and here's what's sad, is this motherfucker still thinks he's going to run for president in 2024. We rolled back more federal regulation in four years than any administration in American history. We he thinks he's going to be the nominee in 2024. Energy independent for the first time in 70 years. And we fought for the kind of free and fair trade that puts American jobs and American workers first. And in our first three years... Yes, yes, you fought for the kind of trade that causes you to have to pay out millions to farmers in middle America because you started a trade war with China over soybeans. You stupid fuck. But the people there don't know that. They're not well informed. Seven million jobs created and wages rose at their fastest pace in more than a decade. Amazing. What is he talking about? Soared to a new record. Unemployment plummeted to a 50-year low. Now, that was true, but that was like a continuation of Obama-era policies. The fuck? The January 6th panel has indeed voted for contempt charges against former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. We're getting ready to read the story. The January 6th panel set to vote on holding Meadows in contempt. 
so we can talk about all the shit this motherfucker has been up to. And laying out the case for the contempt vote, the nine-member panel released a 51-page report on Sunday evening. It details its uh, that details its questions about the documents he has already provided, including 6,600 pages of records taken from personal email accounts and about 2,000 text messages. The panel did not release the documents, but described some of them. The report gives details about Meadows' efforts to help Donald Trump overturn his defeat in the presidential election, communications with members of Congress, and organizers of a rally held the morning of the insurrection, and frantic messages along, uh, among aides and others as the violent attack unfolded. The panel says it also wants to know more about whether Trump was engaged in discussions regarding the response of the National Guard, which was delayed for hours as the violence escalated and the rioters brutally beat police guarding the Capitol building. The report says that the documents provided by Meadows shows that he sent an email to an unidentified person saying that the guard would be present to protect pro-Trump people and that more would be available on standby. The committee does not give any additional details about the email. And he says in the report that Trump's former top White House aide is uniquely situated to provide key information, having straddled an official role in the White House and unofficial role related to Mr. Trump's re-election campaign. The contempt vote comes after more than two months of negotiations with Meadows, and his lawyer, as the panel, has also struggled to obtain information from some other Trump uh, from some of uh, Trump's other top aides such as his longtime ally Steve Bannon. The House voted to recommend charges against Bannon in October, and the Justice Department indicted him on two counts of contempt last month. That trial was scheduled for, like, July of next year on contempt charges. That's bullshit. There is a midterm election, and this committee needs to do their business. The trials should be expedited. The panel is aiming to develop the most comprehensive record yet of the violent attack, in which hundreds of Trump supporters violently pushed past the law enforcement officers, broke into the Capitol, and interrupted the certification of Biden's victory. Democratic Rep. Benny Thompson of Mississippi scheduled to vote last week after Meadows failed to show up at his deposition. In a transcript of that meeting released on Sunday, a member of the panel's investigative staff details several of the questions they would have asked. Many of the questions center on Trump's efforts to overturn the election in the weeks before the insurrection, including Meadows' outreach to states and his communications with members of Congress. Many staff said they would have interviewed Meadows about emails to leadership at the Department of Justice on December the 29th, 30th, and January the 1st, encouraging investigations of suspected voter fraud, even though election officials and courts across the country had refuted the claims. Panels said that Meadows, a former Republican congressman from North Carolina, also provided text messages sent to and from members of Congress before, before, during, and after the attack on the United States Capitol. One exchange with the lawmaker concerned efforts to contact state legislators about the election because POTUS wants to chat with them. 
In a text exchange with an unidentified senator, the committee said, Meadows said that Trump believed that Vice President Mike Pence had power to reject electors in his role presiding over the certification. Pence did not have that power under the law, as the vice president's function is largely ceremonial. Other texts sent the day of the attack. Meadows' former colleagues encouraged him to get Trump to discourage the violence. The committee said, similarly in an exchange with an organizer of the rally that morning, where Trump told his supporters to fight like hell, the organizer told Meadows that they desperately needed direction from him because things have gotten crazy. Now, it says that Thompson and Cheney has said that all tactics will not slow down the committee. Here is Cheney just moments ago before voting on the contempt charge. Contempt of Congress by a former chief of staff to a former president of the United States. We do not do this lightly. And indeed, we had hoped not to take this step at all. For weeks, as the chairman noted, we worked with Mr. Meadows' counsel to reach an agreement on cooperation. But shortly before his scheduled deposition, Mr. Meadows walked away from his commitment to appear and informed us he would no longer cooperate. We believe Mr. Meadows is improperly asserting executive and other privileges, but this vote on contempt today relates principally to Mr. Meadows' refusal to testify about text messages and other communications that he admits are not privileged. He has not claimed and does not have any privileged basis to refuse entirely to testify regarding these topics. You do not have privilege, sir! Trump's rival in the 2016 election thinks that he is gearing up to run again. For some reason, Hillary Clinton has decided to grace us with her lizard face yet again. He was on the Today Show to talk about the threat Trump faces to democracy, the threat Trump poses to democracy. Sure would have been nice if she didn't help, you know, elevate him. Because she thought he would be easy to beat. Sure would have been nice if they held a fair primary where, you know, the actual most popular person in the country, the actual most popular politician in the country, not most popular person. That's probably The Rock or some shit. Most popular politician in the country, Bernie Sanders, would have won. Yeah, I said lizard face. I missed 2016. It was a much, it was a much uh, simpler time, where I used to take popular memes, and and somehow put Hillary as a lizard person inside the popular meme. Lizard Queen. A presidential nominee, Hillary Clinton. Clinton has pointed to Russian influence, a late October reopening of the FBI investigation into her private email server, and her own infamous comment about deplorables as contributing to her loss in 2016. The defeat is made more... I mean, the people she called deplorables weren't going to vote for her. And by Either way, like, she didn't cost herself any votes. 
If I were a betting person right now, I say Trump is going to run again. I mean, he seems to be setting himself up to do that. And if he's not that fucking music, I don't know. That was that was on them. They played that. That was like their bumper music into the the segment, and it was incredibly weird. So anyway, take it away, Hill Dog. Then he gets to do it again. I think that could be the end of our democracy. Not to be too you know, pointed about it, but I want people to understand that this is a make or break point. If he were, I don't know how you guys do that. Ilk were once again to be elected president. And if especially he had a Congress that would do his bidding, you will not recognize our country. So given everything you've just described, do you ever have moments of responsibility Mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. guilt mm-hmm. Oh, about sure. what's happened? Of course, because I, I tried to warn people. I tried to make the case that uh, this was really dangerous. The people he was allied with, what they were saying, what he might do. And I do think... I... The Mississippi Bulldog. <laughs> I, I, I knew that you could do that. I don't know how you guys trigger that. I turn that ability on. I don't know how you make it happen. So good luck with that. Have fun. I think but for Jim Comey and the stunt he pulled 10 days before, the for- I would have won. I feel terrible about not stopping him and the people around him. But I, I feel like now everybody can see for themselves what kind of leader he is. And clearly there were people who liked what they saw. <laughs> That's an understatement. Real dangers to our country. They turned out and voted for him. And he's trying to get it set up so that will happen again for him, even if he loses, as he did twice, the popular vote. So what do you see as the state of the Democratic Party right now? I think that it, it is... Um, a listening to you is going to let him do it again. You know, careful thinking about what wins elections, and not just in deep blue... Yes, we need careful thinking about what wins elections. Because let me tell you, ma'am, you don't know what wins elections. How many have you lost now? And seriously, I keep working my ass off to make sure you don't get elected. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Districts where the SpongeBob meme. A Democrat and a liberal Democrat or so-called progressive Democrat is going to win. I understand why people want to argue for their priorities. That's what they believe they were elected to do. So, look, I'm all about um, having vigorous debate. I think it's it's good and it, it gives people a, a chance to be part of the process. But at the end of the day, it means nothing if we don't have a Congress that will get things done and we don't have a white... It's weird for her to talk about vigorous debate when she was one of the most private politicians I've known of in my lifetime. So secretive. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with being a private person, but when you're in politics, it's kind of hard to, to pull that off. House ...that we can count on to be sane and sober and stable... Emojis! Secretary Clinton's class on the power of resilience is available. Don't call I once again. And this is that that's sponsored. This is sponsored. It's sponsored by that master class bullshit. We didn't watch the whole video the other day. That's how I didn't know that that was an ad. 
Maybe NBC is involved with this company somehow. But, like, there's some class that you get, like, at losing with grace or some shit that you can take from Hillary Clinton. Resiliency. That's what it was called. How to be a fucking loser. That's what the class was. This is That's a sponsored ad on the Today Show that they passed off as news. Fuck that shit. I see it with marketing is trying to become more and more subversive. They're like, because the writing a jingle and playing the commercials over and over again on NBC don't work anymore. They got to be more subversive. They got to do something that goes viral. I, yes, yes. She won the popular vote. That's true. But she lost the fucking election. And she doesn't know how to win elections. She was a good candidate in her in her little bubble in New York coming off the Clinton administration. This is this is a different fucking country now. How you win is to improve the conditions of people. Provide material benefits to voters that they can actually see something tangible. What would be a great idea is for giving student loans. Unfortunately, Biden won't extend student loan relief and confirm student loan uh, payments restart on February the 1st. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki confirmed to reporters during a press briefing that the Biden administration won't extend student loan relief and the student loan payment pause will end on January the 31st. Here are some highlights from her comments. In the coming weeks, we will release more details about our plans. We will engage directly with federal student loan borrowers to ensure they have the resources they need and are in the appropriate repayment plan. We are still assessing the impact of the Omicron variant. A smooth transition back into repayment is a high priority for the administration. A smooth transition back into repayment is a high priority for the administration. He made a campaign promise that he would cancel at least 10 grand of debt. Not even a mention of it. The Department of Education is already communicating with borrowers to help them to help to prepare for return to repayment on February the 1st. 41 million borrowers have benefited, benefited, benefited. These predatory loans were a benefit to us. 41 million borrowers have benefited from the extended student loan payment pause, but it expires February 1st. So right now, we're just making a range of preparations. Aggressive members of Congress, leading uh, uh, advocacy groups, and student loan borrowers have lobbied President Joe Biden to extend the student loan payment pause beyond January the 31st. They cite potential financial devastation for millions of borrowers if temporary student loan forbearance isn't extended. Even Senate uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Elizabeth Warren say that 89% of student loan borrowers feel financially unprepared to restart student loan payments. They also argue that 9 million student loan borrowers in default will suffer further financial uh, detriment. 
With other U.S. senators, they had pressured Biden to postpone the return to student loan payments for at least several months, and at most until the end of the COVID-19 health emergency. Despite these pleas, the Biden administration seems definitely focused, or definitely, definitively focused, on ending this student loan relief on January the 31st. But a member of his administration wasn't too happy about that, or at least the significant other of a member of the administration. Pete Buttigieg's husband complains about Biden admin restarting his student loan payments. Is it Chastin? Is that how you say it? Chastin? Chastin doesn't appear to be a fan of the Biden admin's plan to restart student loan payments next month. Tweeting out, LOL, no thank you, Merry Christmas, next. Imagine being so far removed from the real world that you complain about your $4,500 a month apartment not having a den. Americans are struggling to afford basic necessities thanks to the Biden inflation. Biden inflation. But poor Pete and Chaston don't get a den in their high-end building, boo These are guys who complain that they couldn't afford rent in D.C. on Pete's uh, uh, $220,000 a year salary. Good reminder that the left's canceled student loan debt goal would overwhelmingly help financially comfortable people. These are, of course, right-wing assholes because I like... I'm the poster child of the financially comfortable, right? Yeah, I cancel my student loans. Dear from Rashida Talib. Matt Walsh was mocking her, but I'm sure she had something good to say. Monday through Friday and took weekend classes to get my law degree. And still, close to $200,000 in debt. And I still owe about $70,000. And most of it was interest. Most of it was our own government making money and profit off of me. Yep. And guess what? I didn't go to the for-profit entities. I went to legal aid. I worked at the nonprofit organization fighting for, you know, the right to breathe clean air, to fight for the worker that was getting their wage, uh, you know, taken and stolen from their employer. Now, Matt Walsh was talking about her being bougie and complaining about her student loans. But there, she, she entered the public sector. And the what 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 does a congressperson make? Matt Walsh said it. 175 grand a year. Do you know how much 175 grand is in Washington DC? When you also need to maintain a residence in your district. Matt Walsh. I'm sure she hasn't had much leeway to be able to pay off those student loans, you dickhead. I went and worked on immigrant rights and so much more. And all of that to say, we have to stop treating as if folks that are paying for education, as if they bought some bougie car or some big, you know, something beyond. The- no, they were seeking an education. I worked full time Monday through Friday and took weekend classes to get. 
It was my ticket out of the out of the area. I'm from a very poor area of the country. It wasn't so much what was taught to me in college, but the access to equipment. The the What do they call that thing that I'm not good at? Where you go and build rapport with uh, um, networking. Networking. College is good for networking. Yeah, I got some experience. It was was more I enjoyed the college experience, actually. Because the people who didn't enjoy their college experience... Members of the United States gymnastics team, the gymnasts reached a $380 million settlement in the Larry Nasser abuse case. The organizations in charge of the U.S. gymnastics have agreed to pay $380 million in a settlement with hundreds of victims of longtime team physician Larry Nasser. Settlement is among the largest ever for sexual abuse, according to the Wall Street Journal, and ends years of legal wrangling. No amount of money will ever repair the damage that has been done and what these women have been through. This is according to Rachel Den Hollander, a Nasser survivor who was involved in the settlement negotiations. But at some point, the negotiations have to end because these women need help and they need it right now. A final holdout insurer for the USA Gymnastics and the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee confirmed that it would pay much of the settlement during a bankruptcy hearing on Monday. The U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee is set to pay $34 million of the settlement directly, as well as loan $6 million to USA Gymnastics for its contribution. Olympic stars including Simone Biles, Ali Raisman, and Michaela Maroney are among the claimants, along with local gymnasts who sought out treatment from Nasser because of his affiliation with the national bodies. Biles and her fellow gold medalists have also taken to fight uh, have also taken the fight to Capitol Hill, calling for Congress to dissolve the Olympic Committee's board of directors. Another legal update. Chevron foe Steven Donzinger has been released from prison under a COVID waiver. Attorneys for the environmental lawyer Stephen Donzinger said on Thursday that he is serving the remainder of a six-month sentence for contempt of court at home under a pandemic-era early release program. Donzinger tweeted on Thursday afternoon that Danbury prison officials released me this morning to serve the rest of my sentence, which is 136 days, which is still bullshit at home. Donzinger's legal team had requested his release under the CARES Act Said Martin Garbus, one of his lawyers, the Federal Bureau of Prisons did not immediately reply to a request for comment, nor did it respond to a phone call. Donzinger began serving his sentence at the Dunbarry Federal Prison on October 27th. A prison staffer contacted by phone could not confirm his release. Over on uh, the Breaking Points channel, they're taking credit getting him free. Now, I will admit that like there hasn't been a lot of widespread coverage, but I didn't hear about it from Breaking's point, or Breaking Points. I heard about it from Democracy Now!, so fuck off. I hate Sauger and Jetty. 
My goal in life is to become big enough doing this shit to where I get to uh, debate Sagar and Jetty. And I will have made it. I hate that. And Spike Cohen. Give me Spike Cohen. That motherfucker was on with Kennedy on Fox tonight. We're probably going to watch that clip tomorrow. Because fuck Spike Cohen. Derek Chauvin is expected to plead guilty in the George Floyd civil rights case. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin appears to be on the verge of pleading guilty to violating George Floyd civil rights, a move that would remove him from a federal trial but could significantly increase the amount of time he'll spend behind bars. Where am I getting raked at? Oh, ranked. What am I ranked in? I, I do well on the bit shoot and like not not so much the rumble, but the bit shoot I do pretty well on shit that doesn't have a algorithm that that punishes smaller creators. I do pretty well. The boarding. I mean, I mean, I'm trying here. I'll debate fucking anybody. Chauvin has already been convicted of state murder and manslaughter charges for uh, pinning his knee against Floyd's neck. As a black man said he couldn't breathe during a May 25th, 2020 arrest. He was sentenced to 22 and a half years in that case. Message left with Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, was not immediately returned. The U.S. Attorney's Office had no comment. Chauvin and the three other former officers, Thomas Lane, Jay Kuig, and Tao Theo were indicted earlier this year on federal charges, alleging they willfully violated Floyd's rights. They were set to go on trial in late January. Oh, now, come on. Well, who did fucking... Who did uh, Ben Shapiro or Steven Crowder, who did any of them beat to, to get their way up to the top of the ranks? Come on, now. All right, I'm going to hit the content warning on this one just because this is a story that's going to piss you all off. Enjoy. No disciplinary action. No disciplinary action for the Kabul airstrike that killed 10 civilians. (laughs) Producer Dave defeated the Gorth guy. Praise be to Gorth. Defense officials said Monday they uh, will not discipline any U.S. troops involved in the... Well, here's the thing, is I don't really want U.S. troops disciplined. That's that's not real. That's not really the fucking thing I want out of it. Like, I don't want you to discipline the dude that was piloting the drone and pulled the fucking trigger. He's just following orders. I want the head to roll of the dude that gave the fucking order way up the chain of command. That's, that's where I want the discipline to take place. U.S. officials had initially claimed the strike successfully disrupted an imminent ISIS-K threat, but an investigation later found that it killed an aid worker along with nine members of his family, several children, 
An independent Pentagon review did not find evidence of criminal negligence or violation of law. And if that is true, then the law needs to fucking change. The botched operation was the result of execution errors combined with confirmation bias and communication breakdown. This is according to Lieutenant General Sammy Said, the Inspector General of the Air Force. I'm doubting you have to work. Call me inbred. If this shit doesn't piss you off, then you are in the wrong fucking stream. If the U.S. military killing children doesn't piss you off, then I don't have any respect for you, and you can go fuck yourself. Right wingers and morons. I will hit the content warning again because this one is heart wrenching. I shouldn't have done it jokingly a few seconds ago. My apologies. The victims of the deadly tornadoes include an infant girl that was slung from her house. Apparently she was about two months old. The parents took her off life support today. A two-month-old whose family tried to protect her by putting her in a car seat. A 94-year-old Korean War veteran from Arkansas, a longtime florist in Tennessee, who recently started on her new adventure... As an airport security worker, an Amazon warehouse worker in Illinois, a Kentucky judge known for his common sense. These were among the dozens of people killed during Friday night's tornadoes that ripped through five states in the Midwest and the South. There were dozens of confirmed deaths in Arkansas, Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri, and Tennessee. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir said on Monday that at least 74 people had died in his state alone, so I'm assuming the death toll is at least 100. I was I was going to show you the picture of the the heartbreaking picture of the baby after it had been flung I guess fortunately it's not in the story Planning questions emerge at Tornado Destroyed Candle Plant. This is in Kentucky. We're getting ready to talk about the Amazon factory in Illinois. Mayfield Consumer Products Factory was the third biggest employer in this corner of western Kentucky, an important economic engine that churned out candles that lined the shelves of malls around the U.S. But why its workers kept making candles Friday night as a tornado bore down on the region remains unclear as rescuers continue scouring the factory wreckage for signs of life. Because it it blows my mind. We knew it was coming. Sparkles and I talked about not doing a freak show that night. But on Friday, I got the weather report. I'm like, oh, it's going to hit us later on in the... 
later on in the night. Like, we knew it was coming. <sighs> Kentucky's governor said Sunday the uh, ferocity of the storm was so great that there was nowhere safe to hide inside the plant. Here's most were sheltering in the place they were told to shelter. Hope that area was as safe as it could be, but this thing got hit directly by the strongest tornado we could have possibly imagined. Company spokesperson said Sunday that eight of the 110 workers on the overnight shift Friday are confirmed dead with another eight missing. More than 90 have now been accounted for, making the death toll lower than some had feared hours earlier. Many of the employees were gathered uh, in the tornado shelter, and after the storm was over, they left the plant and went to their homes. Power out and no landline, they were hard to reach initially. So this is the plant completely leveled. This is a before pick. This is an after pick. This was in the town. We saw the aerial video of completely demolished. Workers said they had been told to huddle in a central hallway area, the strongest part of the building as the storm approached. Some had already left earlier in the night following a warning siren. Factory employs many people in and around Mayfield, a city of about 10,000, in Kentucky's southwest corner. It is in Graves County's, uh, it is Grave County's third biggest employer, according to the county's website. Even some inmates at the county jail have worked there. Into candles made in the plant eventually found their way onto shelves prominent, uh, of prominent retailers like Bath and Body Works. Let's hear from one of the workers who was in the candle factory that night. When the building came down, she went on Facebook Live to ask for help and to tell people that she was still alive. And Kiana is joining me now. Kiana, I I am so happy you're with us. I'm so happy you're doing okay. Um, but man, that must have been such a harrowing, uh, emotional experience. Talk to me about what you went through. Um, good morning. Um, it definitely was. Um, ex- looking at those, I know both of those people, and we haven't, I haven't seen or spoken to a lot of my coworkers um, since this happened. So seeing them. Um, I'm happy that that they made it out and I'm happy um, to see them. But just knowing what we went through, um, it was completely indescribable. Um, It happened so fast and, and, and I was fortunate enough to be in a place where I was close right by many of my coworkers and we were able to talk to each other and um, kind of support one another, give each other support. Um, <clears throat> like you said, I went live to let people know that we were in there because I, I called 911 to tell them what happened and they said, we know we're trying to get there. And it just didn't sound too reassuring like they would be there anytime soon. And so my thought, and because I'm not originally from Kentucky, so all these towns are small to me. I'm from Chicago. Yeah. So it's like, oh, these t- these, these people are too little. We got to get somebody else. We got to get more people. And so, um, you know, I decided to go on live on Facebook in hopes that other people would get it. Other people would see what was going on. People would know because I didn't think anybody knew what happened. I didn't know if they knew that we were hit. 
and I needed them to know so that somebody. And that's a reason to go live on Facebook and request help. Because, I mean, look at it. Not because your fucking tent got blown over and you're a grifter preacher. When I came, um, at one point, someone told me, ma'am, we're trying, but there's five feet of debris on you. Five feet of debris. You know, so we had to climb up. When we were rescued, we had to climb up and out to get out because we couldn't get out from where we were. So it it was just one of the most horrific things i've ever i if I, I i never want to do it again and now that i've experienced it i'm okay i don't ever have to go through another tornado again in my life i think one of the most amazing things about your story that i heard was in fact it was your birthday um yep. on saturday right and yes ma'am my 40 40- happy birthday Kiana. you made it 40 <laughs> years um, um and hopefully 40, 50, 60, 70 more. Um, but, but you were in that factory. People were scared. And you were able to raise them up to get them to celebrate you in a way to take their minds off of what was happening. I just thought that we didn't need to focus on what was going on because if the more you think about what is actually going on right now, the more um, hopeless we would get. You know, and so I'm like, no, y'all say happy birthday to me. We're going to turn up. And so people, I didn't, I, I have not watched any of my lives since. And so yesterday, even when I was at church, they said, girl, you was on there talking about tequila. I said, was I? Oh my God. But I was just, you know, just talking, just talking, trying to just rambling because I didn't want to think about where I was at because the moment, because there was a moment when I started panicking. I don't think it was on the live, but it was when I stopped talking and I started thinking, you know, they say the idle mind is a devil's workshop. So yes. when my mind got idle and I wasn't doing other, I wasn't trying to talk to anybody else. I wasn't talking on live. I wasn't talking because I talked to my mom while I was there. I talked to my um, my pastor. I talked to my sister. I talked to one of my friends here in Paducah and then one of my coworkers who was outside at the time when this happened, he was in a van and his van got thrown all over. And I had been calling him because I knew he was outside. And I'm thinking that the tornado had threw him to Missouri or something. And so I was freaking out because I didn't know where he was. And then he ended up calling me like, are you okay? And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're okay. You know? And so, um, just, but the times when I didn't talk to anybody, was the time when I went into complete panic mode. So I just had to keep myself talking and yeah. keep stay kind of not think about what was going on at that time. Your spirit, Kiana, it's infectious. Um, I can understand why people would celebrate you um, in spite of all that was going on around you. Happy birthday. I'm so happy you made it to 40 and I hope you see 50, 60, 70 more. Happy birthday, Kiana. And thank you for joining us on this, on this morning morning. Thank you so much. Kiana Parsons Perez. Happy birthday to you, Kiana. One of her co-workers was an inmate. There's the explosion. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how you fuckers make that happen. Maybe it's when I get a follow. Happy 69th birthday to you. And apparently... You live in sexual anarchy? You and your no-panty-having ass.
An inmate working in the Mayfield Candle Factory. And again, like, if you're just following the channel, we do the news here, but also, like, I stop, I get high, I call people names, and I make sex jokes. It's just kind of is how we do things here. So back to reading the news. An inmate working in the Mayfield Candle Factory rescued from collapsed building escaped. According to the Kentucky State Police... Uh, Francisco Starks has turned himself in to the Callaway County Jail after a search for the escaped Graves County inmate. Troopers say the man was on work release at the Mayfield Consumer Products Candle Factory on Saturday night when the building collapsed. He was rescued from the building, taken to a hospital, and then treated and released. Kentucky State Police Post 1 says 44-year-old Francisco Starks was released from the Jackson Purchase Medical Center after he was treated for injuries sustained in the collapse. Uh, the state police was notified of Starks' escape shortly before 5 p.m. on Saturday. Starks was in the jail regarding charges of third-degree burglary, theft by unlawful taking of a car, and receiving stolen property. Turned himself in after going through that kind of a traumatic event. I think he deserves time off. Let him go. Was Was it violent? Theft of a car, that could have been violent. Wasn't violent. Let the motherfucker out. He already had a traumatic event. Head on up to Illinois. A worker killed in a Amazon warehouse was told Amazon or he told his uh, girlfriend that Amazon won't let me leave until after the storm blows over. An Amazon worker who was killed in the Edwardsville, Illinois warehouse collapse wasn't allowed to leave as a tornado was approaching, his girlfriend told the New York Post. Larry Verdon, who started working for Amazon five months ago, was among the six employees who died in the destruction. Remember, no word from Bezos. We covered that. Michael Strahan went to space. Yay. A large wall in the warehouse and a section of roof collapsed. I... Section of roof. Now, that's more than that's not that's more than a fucking section. Entire section of the building collapsed. Burton's girlfriend, Sherry Jones, told the post in an article published on Sunday that she was texting him shortly before. He always tells me when he is filling up the Amazon truck when he is getting ready to go back. I was like, okay, I love you. He's like, well, Amazon won't let me leave until the storm blows over. Jones told the Post that Verdon texted her 16 minutes before the tornado was said to have touched down. She said this was enough time to get back to their house in nearby Collinsville, which she said was a 13-minute drive away. We heard the tornado didn't touch down until 8.39, so we had 20 minutes to get home. On the one hand, like, this doesn't happen here, especially this time of year. But on the other hand, Amazon gonna Amazon and do whatever they can to make as much money as they can. This was a freak tornado, but still... Tornadoes. Tornado outbreak... On to more catastrophic climate 
Cracks could cause key ice shelf holding back Doomsday Glacier to collapse. Scientists have detected new cracks in the key ice shelf that buttresses Antarctica's that thwites. Look it up. Let's get a pronunciation. What the fuck? They're not going to give me a... I don't have a I don't have a, a sound to play it. There we go, there we go. Maybe. Damn. Okay, what's break it down for me? And myself, Leon McCarran, Martin Edstrom, and Reese Thwaites Jones could see why. Thwaites? Thwaites? Seems to be a proper name. Thwaites. Antarctica's Thwaites Glacier. Indicating that the ice shelf could break apart within the next five years. Destruction of the ice shelf. This has been look up words and figure out how to pronounce them with Justin Freegan. The destruction of the ice shelf could accelerate the movement of of inland ice into the sea, eventually causing sea levels to rise by several feet and endangering coastal communities worldwide. This is in this is within five years. The Thwaites Glacier is known as the Doomsday Glacier due to the possibility that it may already be past a tipping point into a virtually unstoppable runaway melt. Roughly the size of Florida... The Thwaites Glacier melter, uh, meltwater already contributes to about 4% of global sea level rise. Thwaites Eastern Ice Shelf acts as a brace, preventing faster flow of meltwater from the glacier, and the shelf is held in place by an underwater mountain. This part of the ice shelf was previously thought to be stable until scientists took new measurements during a field campaign over the past two years. Warming ocean water is melting the ice from below, meaning the shelf is gradually losing its grip on the underwater mountain, and satellite imagery has revealed fractures in the shelf. Yay! All right, enough with the the doom and gloom. Try to save your ass from some shit that might be in your fridge right now. There is a recall going on with Coca-Cola. You have Coca-Cola, Minute Maid, or a Sprite product in your fridge. You should take a look at two recent recalls by Coke. Uh, Recalled three Minute Maid products. Distributed in Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New York, North Carolina, Maryland, Virginia, Maine, and New Jersey. The expiration date for all the products is 2022, which means buyers might still have the beverages stored somewhere. There's already a fucking Sprite shortage going on, so... Or Coke. Not the only bad 
press Coke is receiving today, though. Apparently, a cardinal in Italy took shots at Coke for a weird reason. I call him a cardinal. A bishop tells kids that Santa Claus doesn't exist and that Coca-Cola chose his red suit for advertising purposes. I'm pretty sure that's not true because I don't think Coke existed when the myth of St. Nicholas was conceived. However, I have no concept of time, so maybe it was. The Bishop of Noto in Sicily stunned school children last week when he dropped a bombshell during an arts festival telling them Father Christmas wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, that Santa, that Santa, yeah, yeah. But, like, the the original, like, St. Nick had a red coat, didn't he? The, like, was it like a German fucking, I don't even fucking know. I don't know where it came from. No, Santa Claus does not exist. In fact, I would add that the red suit he wears was chosen by Coca-Cola exclusively for advertising uh, purposes. Antonio Staglian told the children, according to Sicilian media. Italian media reported that the comments came during an event held on the feast day of St. Nicholas, the initial inspiration for the figure of Santa Claus and widely known for his generosity. However, after the bishop's comments went viral, the Diocese of Noto posted an apology on its Facebook page, written by Staglian's press secretary. Already got a backtrack. First of all, on behalf of the bishop, I express regret for this statement that has disappointed the children. and want to clarify that this was not at all Mr. Staglian's intention. The bishop's aim was to reflect on the meaning of Christmas and the beautiful traditions that accompany it with greater awareness and regain the beauty of a Christmas now increasingly commercial and de-Christianized. If we can all draw a lesson, young or old, from the figure of Santa Claus, which originates with Bishop St. Nicholas, it is this, fewer gifts to create and consume and more gifts to share. Staglian also revisited the comments in an interview with Italian newspaper La Repubblica, published on Friday, saying, I didn't tell them that Santa Claus doesn't exist, but we talked about the need to distinguish what is real from what is not. Motherfucker, you told him Santa wasn't real. That's exactly what you said. A real fact has come out, namely that Christmas no longer belongs to Christians. Damn right, I got fucking Christmas shit up. I ain't no fucking Christian. The Christmas, the Christmas, the Christmas, the Christmas, the Christmas atmosphere of lights and shopping has taken the place of Christmas. You goddamn right it has. He said consumer culture has obscured the true meaning of the festival, which was a message of giving, illustrated by the birth of the baby Jesus, who was born to give himself to all humanity. <laughs> We're sorry for not perpetuating a myth, said a Catholic bishop. 
Now, this whole incident didn't sit well with a congressman here in the United States. Anybody want to take a guess who has something? To, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I ruined it. I spoiled it. <laughs> Hold on a second. Tom Cotton would have been a good guess. For those of you who are unaware, I recently changed my graphics, so I've actually got to uh, I've actually got to go and find it again. You guys will see it here momentarily. But you need to know something about me that I would give anything anything I own. Every, every bit of money I have? Fuck, where the fuck is it? There we go. I would give anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye, pussy! Yes, Dan Crenshaw came out and said a whole bunch of shit. About the... No, I would not give my right eye. Especially if it was my right eye to be given to Dan Crenshaw so he could have an eye. I certainly wouldn't do that. Now I forget, now, now, now I forget what I was saying. Yes, splash... I would put up with the splashback. It is, it is something that I would deal with. But don't let the woke, don't let the woke cancel Christmas. So it turns out if you try to cancel Christmas, you're going to have some serious blowback from the Pope. You may have heard about this. So the EU commissioner on equality in a leaked memo said that we should avoid using the term. Oh, wait, wait a minute. This wasn't even about the bishop. Oh, I did. I, I got my stories confused here. It sounded like the bishop was trying to cancel Christmas. Merry Christmas in order to promote an inclusive communication. Now, the Pope fired back and said many in history have tried to do this, including the Nazis as an example. And he said that the EU should be careful not to be vehicles of ideological colonization. Perfect response. Moral of the story, don't let the woke cancel Christmas. So it turns out if you try to cancel Christmas, you're going to have some serious blowback from the Pope. Wait a minute, I don't even understand what happened in this. I've heard about this. So the EU Commissioner on Equality in a... Oh, so it was just advice on inclusive language. In the diverse EU, which celebrates many holidays during the holidays. Do they think you should tell people happy holidays to in incorporate all those holidays? leaked memo said that we should avoid using the term Merry Christmas in order to promote an inclusive... Oh my god, so I Dan Bedondi has been on this thing about Tom Brady, like he's a big Tom Brady fan, I guess. I told him that Tom Brady sold his soul to the devil and that's the reason why he plays so well. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to out-crazy the crazy. Make the potato just blow his fucking top. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
I've been trolling him on Instagram since I'm banned on Facebook. I'm back later this week, bitches. Fake that tater! <laughs> we haven't checked in with the view in a little bit. Have you been blocked by Dan somewhere? Like what? I thought you guys were good friends. Was it after you called him a, a, a bigot? Well, welcome, real Adam and not Chud Adam. Was that you chudding around here earlier? Talking about how I'm inbred and I needed to, to not yell so much because you needed to work in the morning or some shit? That was you, wasn't it? Now every chud that comes in here, I think it's just like an Adam posing. Gonna be like, he, 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 here's what a soy boy looks like. He, he. Oh, I ain't high enough for this shit. Real Adam is the best Adam. We like real Adam around here. This media world, we're surprised to see Fox News anchor Chris Wallace sign off for the final time at the network yesterday. Take a look. After 18 years, I am going to talk him. Fox News Sunday. It is the last time, and I say this with real sadness, we will meet like this. 18 years ago, the bosses here at Fox promised me they would never interfere with a guest I booked or a question I asked, and they kept that promise. I have been free to report to the best of my ability, to cover the stories I think are important, to hold our country's leaders to account. It's been a great ride. So he's leaving to join CNN's streaming service. So how do you think... They don't even have a streaming service yet. ...the future. Like it launches next year. You mean QAnon News? What the fuck is wrong with him? Put him in the 9 o'clock slot. We can now call it Trump news. Trump, just call it Trump news. Yeah. You got the closest thing to a Larry fucking King that you could possibly have. Put Chris Wallace in the nine o'clock slot on CNN. Some cover, you know. Oh, they're uh, you know uh, equal, ba ba ba, because he was there. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that that does a disservice uh, to. You know, other media news outlets that are legit. But a win for CNN. A win yeah, for CNN. He's very good. Win. I'm going to say, as a Republican in the media, everyone that and is... Let, and, let me, and let me tell you, the right wing is like, farewell, good riddance. Of course he's going to CNN. He's always been a liberal. He's not a liberal. He's never been a journalist. They They all think it's a good thing he's leaving Fox. Purging out the shitty people. Has conservative sympathies, has had to make a decision about how they will handle their media role. I've been a never-Trumper from the very beginning, but Chris Wallace was in a very difficult position at Fox where he was clearly uncomfortable with the direction that some of the other newsmakers there were making. And I don't know how he's going to handle the new role at CNN+. Plus. Um, but everyone in the media, after we saw what happened on January 6th, should seriously question who they choose to elevate to their platforms. Because anyone that enabled the big election lie that led to destruction and the breach of the United States Capitol on January 6th for the explicit purpose of interfering with the well, peaceful transfer yeah. of power Amanda, should seriously rethink what they're doing. You, and I hope that's what he's you doing. You need to talk to Rupert and Lachlan. Um, Set me up. Yeah. Can you give me a meeting? Talk to them yeah. because they're not even Americans. Watchland. 
destroying America. Lochland. Well, you know, I think what's, what's interesting is that um, I, I, I think you're right, Joy, that Chris really, um, he's so talented. Yeah. He's a straight news news mm-hmm. guy. I don't think he was well-received by a lot of Fox News, news viewers because of that. He was measured. Uh, he, not- he was very measured. I don't know. I don't even know what his politics are. And that no, really is what you're not right. supposed to from That's a straight right. journal. What was, what was the name of the, it was a Scottish town, wasn't it? I kept mispronouncing. Glasgow. Glasgow. Journalist, right? Um, and I, I wonder. Oh, wait a minute, am I saying it right that time? I don't even know anymore. Where did they get that straight news from? <laughs> I don't know now. If they want it. You get it from the Troll Patrol. You get your straight news from the Troll Patrol. Shep Smith left. Kristen yeah. Fisher yeah. left. Right. You've got uh, two pundits, Stephen Hayes and Jonah Goldberg, quit last month in protest of Tucker Carlson's um, special. I think it was called Patriot Purge, which included the false claim that the riot was a glass gal created to demonize the political right. And so I, to your question would be, what does it become now? Is it the Tucker Carlson f- fake news network? Yeah, no, well, I, I even mean, appreciate, that, I that, appreciate what it is. that he said that they allowed him to book anyone and they never pushed back. That but was from, clear. But okay. from people that I know that have worked at Fox, it can be very uncomfortable if you're a more measured person that... I worked there. Yeah. It was, it was and, hard. And, it, and it, I'm sure it's similar, but like people... That, I've been told a lot of people behind this, like the production people are all fucking opinion and didn't go with liberal kind of the, the messaging of yeah. Trump and kind of the big lie that, that was that's that was what it was expected. They will find you. another person to fill in the spot who will take millions and millions of dollars and go against his own po- real truth politics. You'll say people, yeah, but even if are, people are, can people be bought have left to and take right. a side on democracy. That's not a both sides. Issue. Don't even don't even have to find somebody to be bought off to sell out their principles. There's just people without principles. Period. Now, apparently, everybody's saying that Brian Wallace had some weird sign-off when he was talking about leaving NBC, so... Well, I feel like I watched it, and I don't remember hearing anything weird about it. Yeah, strange farewell message from Brian Williams. So let's, let's give this a listen. I'll try to keep this brief. After 28 years of Peacock logos on much of what I own... It is my choice now to jump without a net into the great unknown, as I do for the first time in my 62 years. My biggest worry is for my country. The truth is I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. I believe in this place, and in my love of country, I yield to no one. But the darkness on the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods. It's now at the local bar and the bowling alley, at the school board and the grocery store. And it must be acknowledged and answered for. Grown men and women who swore an oath to our Constitution, elected by their constituents, possessing the kinds of college degrees I could only dream of, have decided to join the mob and become something they are not, while hoping we somehow forget who they were. They've decided to burn it all down with us inside. It sounds like he's talking about the yuppies that were at the Capitol on January the 6th. The managerial class, the small business owners, restaurant owners and shit, salon owners that went to the Capitol on January the 6th. Yeah, he's not wrong. It sounds like he's describing the creeping fascism 
in this country. That should scare you to no end as much as it scares an aging volunteer fireman. But I have seen this all over, like, nut job conspiracy. Like, this is Information Warfare's channel is where it's at. Brian Williams quits with strange farewell message. America being burned down with us inside. It's clear what he's talking about. Oh. Now, some of you might not be clear on why Nancy Reagan was trending over the weekend. So I am here to inform you of this. What does Ben Shapiro's sister, Madonna, and Nancy Reagan give him blowjobs have in common? Apparently, Ben Shapiro's sister is also an influencer. Uh, fuck it. What, what's, what's her name? Classically, Abby. Conservative influencer Abby Shapiro, sister of right-wing commentator Ben Shapiro, tried to shame Madonna for a recent photo shoot by comparing her to Nancy Reagan at a similar age. Twitter responded with a takedown of Nancy Reagan's legacy and a field day with decades-long rumors about the former first lady. Shapiro, who brands himself as or uh, uh, who brands herself as classically Abby, tweeted this week side-by-side images of Madonna posing in a bed wearing lingerie and Nancy Reagan in a family photo. So let's go to Twitter. This is the Madonna photo shoot. Apparently she had a nip out. Good on her. Madonna is not cool because, like, you know, she makes shitty music. There's a period of time in, like, the early 90s to mid-90s. She's all right. Producer Dave is in here. Please don't kill me. Seemed like you might be into the Madonna. Listen to the Madonna Sucks episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. And they will explain to you why Madonna is is toxic. Just saying. But you shouldn't slut shame Madonna. Let Madonna have a nip out if she wants. Fuck, who cares? Classically, Abby tweeted out this picture of Nancy Reagan with her grandchildren at the same age. I can't believe the post is still up. The tweet says, Trashy living versus classic living. Let's see some of the responses. While you're over here slut-shaming Madonna, did you know Nancy Reagan was referred to as Hollywood's blowjob queen during her time as an actress? Even her biographer talks about it. Born Anne Frances Robin, Nancy, the book had alleged, was renowned in Hollywood for performing oral sex. Furthermore, she was reportedly known to perform oral sex 
not only in the evening, but in offices. That was one of the reasons that she was very popular on the MGM lot. They've been calling her the throat goat. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't save I I saved it on my phone. I didn't save it on my computer to be able to show you people. Nancy, you dirty slut. Oh, shit. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is what I was looking for. According to Snopes, several high-profile celebrities, such as Cesar Romero, who played the Joker in the popular 1960s Batman television series, as well as several biographers have documented that Reagan was, in fact, popular on the MGM lot for her mouth game. Snopes rated this as true. (laughs) I didn't want to know any of this about Nancy Reagan, but here we is. I bet Abby Shapiro is absolutely furious that her attempt to slut shame Madonna resulted in everyone turning around and talking about Nancy Reagan's sex skills. You ask me, Nancy Reagan's throat should be Tom's person of the year, but I'm not the one making those decisions. Apparently, they like assholes. Elon Musk named Time Magazine's person of the year for 2021. Lately, Elon Musk also likes to live tweet his poops. This is according to The Bite. Likes to live tweet his poops. I wouldn't doubt you'll find Sparkles doing that okay. at some point right. in time. So, which living person do you most admire? I admire anyone who is. Uh, it is not like Hitler was Time's Person of the Year. Humanity, um, whether that is. But like they also didn't do like fluff pieces on Hitler like this either doing things that are really useful to the rest of humanity is yeah. uh, I admire them greatly. Thank you. Thank you. That was the worst episode of Saturday Night Live. Do not watch that episode. I wanted to watch it because I thought it would be a train wreck. Elon Musk's dominance over so many things in American life. Dominance! This rocket company that is completely dominating the space launch business. He's got a car company that is completely dominating the electric vehicle market. Uh, He's got 65 million Twitter followers, and he likes to make weird jokes and set people off. And sometimes with a single tweet, he can control the stock market or the value of various different cryptocurrencies. He's just an idiot. uh, Ever present. uh, He's a fraud. And this was really the year that he came into his own. His goal is to make humanity a multi-planet species. 
Oh, he really came into his own this year. No, no, I would think it would be more like, you know, uh, 2010 or 2012 when he got one of those, you know, big fat government checks. That's when he really came into his own. Started getting his footing under him. And at a time in which NASA has abdicated its operations to put people in low Earth orbit. They haven't, they haven't abdicated their operation. They... You can't cut taxes on rich people and keep cutting shit from our budget. And then be like, oh, well, they're not going to do it, so we need to have we need to have private industry step up. That's kind of the point. That's what these, these fucking billionaires want, is the government to not be in that domain, in that space, no pun intended. And for the time being, at least, put people on other worlds. SpaceX has stepped in like no other private company before it around the world. So Elon Musk's wealth is largely tied up in Tesla stock. He is the not only the CEO, he is its largest shareholder. And where, where, where is this widespread adoption of Tesla's? Valuable companies in the country. Its market value is being a leader in electric cars is like saying you're like is sort of tied up the fastest person in the one-legged school. What the fuck? Tesla has dragged the legacy automators into the electric. Ah, uh, yeah, I know that uh, they are pretty prevalent out on, in the on the West Coast. Pose a threat to Tesla's dominance, or do you think you guys have? I, I see a few of them here. I live in a very I live in the Silicon Valley of the South. Well, if somebody makes better cars than we do, then um, and they then doesn't everybody? Cars than we do. I think that's totally fine. Our intent with Tesla was always that we would serve as an example to the car industry, and that uh, and, and hope that they also make electric cars so that we can accelerate the transition to sustainable energy. I, I, I'm confident in the future in Tesla. Well, that's one of the reasons why Elon Musk is against the Build Back Better Act, is he doesn't want these universal charging stations. Tesla crashed into a highway divider in California, killing the driver. Another slammed into a parked fire truck in Utah. Both had the autopilot feature on. There is a federal investigation underway in... <laughs> I never leave. I did. I worked over there in in what they research park is what it's called. I worked there for like a year. A lot of skepticism. Where all the where all the yuppies are is eventually going to be able to get there. Are the cars safe? I mean, oh, I saw a meme about light rail, but how how far ahead of us China is. So all the while, uh, Elon has been promising. You know, far more accidents Hyperloop. off autopilot than on autopilot. So this is not to say that autopilot is perfect. Now, to get to full self-driving where you don't need to pay attention, um, we still obviously have a lot of work to do. So as we get to the point where interve- interventions are extremely rare, even in complex traffic situations, yeah. um, and get to the point where the probability of injury uh, with full self-driving is... Fuck Elon Musk. We definitely can't watch this whole fucking thing. Plus, it's, it's about time for the media winch, I do believe. So, uh, here's your poppy dressed as a Christmas tree. Oh, she's off tonight? She didn't tell me that. Well, fuck. I always try to go, like, exactly two hours and dump everybody over in her channel.
I got nothing else prepared. I just got a dog. Looking cute. Dave might stream later. He might not. I would say I'd hop up or hop on with you, but uh, I have been falling asleep incredibly early. You might have the kiddos. Might have the family duties tonight. I've been like I have been sleeping a shit ton here lately. I do not know what is up with that. Maybe the dementia is getting me sleepy. I don't know. Hey everybody, let's go say hi to Kai. If you are watching on Twitch, I'm gonna dump you over with uh, Proudly Radical. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I am Justin Freegan. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live. Justin, what's up, my man? How'd y'all stream go? Um, fucking, I'm just dropping hot takes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Adam, hello, I'm a terrible person. How are you? I am, I too am also a terrible person who wants to put kids in coal mines, apparently. Um, just because I think we should be honest and truthful with our kids and teach, uh, and treat them like fucking adults. Um, they got to learn cause and effect by going through it. Yeah. Uh, Justin, you, you want you, one of my hot takes just a minute ago? A uh, lot of leftists need punched in the face. Yeah. Um, it, it's shorthand for a lot of people who advocate within leftist spaces have no actual experience with reality, with engaging with true labor forces, with... Actu- uh, having a, ch- a conversation with a blue collar worker with engaging in actual struggle in real life outside of their own mental illnesses. They've never encountered somebody who truly means them like harm <laughs> in a combative sense, not just an abusive sense, but like actual combat, right? Like the, you know, 